It's time to call our shots. What's going on, CMS listeners? We have a special episode for you. Zach ended up having to take care of some things at work. So I dug through some of our old content and found this great episode where Zach and I debate the top 10 hockey centers of all time. This was an incredibly hard list to come up with because there were so many tremendous choices. It was definitely a fun list and episode for us to create, so we hope you enjoy it. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at CollarShots, and if you would like to support our show and see it grow, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash callingmyshots. Let us know what you think about this list. Tweet at us. Give us your top 10. Let's get into it. Dalton in the National Hockey League, obviously every player has a lot of responsibilities, but I would argue that the player that has the most responsibility on the ice is the center. Not only is the center generally one of the better or the best players on the team, he is solely responsible for offense, defense, and faceoffs, which is one of the most criminally underrated statistics in hockey. If you're losing draws and you're losing faceoffs, you're playing from behind every time. So with that said, Dalton and I are going to bring you the top 10 centers in NHL history today. Yeah, let me just start out by saying this was an incredibly hard list to put together. I did a lot of research on this and I went back and forth on several players just because when you think of great hockey players, most of them, I would argue, are centers. Some of the best players of all time, widely regarded as the NHL's greatest players, happen to be centermen. And I also would like to establish our criteria, kind of like what we did in our baseball episode. I based my grades or my rankings off of statistics, playoff stats, and of course, the hardware that they won. Because in, in hockey, there is a ton of trophies. And one thing is actually go through and give descriptions to some of the trophies that a lot of these guys get. Yeah, that's a good idea. So we're going to be speaking uh, most of these throughout the episode, just so you guys can carry along. So the Conn Smythe is the playoff MVP trophy. The Hart Trophy is the most valuable player to that player's team. The Calder is the Rookie of the Year. The Art Ross is the league leader in points. The Selkie is the Ford that demonstrated the best defensive abilities during the year. The Lady Bing is the player with the most sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct. The Richard Trophy is the top goal scorer in the NHL that year. The Lindsay slash Pearson Award is the league's most outstanding player. The Masterton Trophy is the player that uh, is deemed to have fought through excruciating circumstances and battled with perseverance. And the Marc Messier Leadership Award is for, I'll take you, give you a guess, leadership. Yeah, there's so many different trophies that can be hard to keep up with, so I think Clearly describing them is very helpful. One thing I want to ask you, Zach, do you place greater value on the Hart Trophy or on the Ted Lindsay Award? A lot of people debate that back and forth because the Ted Lindsay is voted on by the NHL Players Association. So a lot of people say, well, they have more insight into who actually is the most valuable player. For me, I would still probably lean towards the Hart, but 
I can see the argument go in both ways. You know, it's kind of interesting because it's you could literally make an argument that there are two most valuable player trophies. Like you said, the Lindsay slash uh, Pearson Award is voted on by the by the league there. But I'll say this: I think that the Hart Trophy is more along as the Heisman Trophy type deal. It's it's just a really valuable player award. But I would think that the Lindsay Trophy is like the best player on the best team kind of deal. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Honestly. The Hart Trophy slash Heisman here is is generally given to someone who, you know, they might go 10-2 in college football and have a tremendous amount of statistics or whatever. But um, the Maxwell is given to the arguably the best player on the best team. That's my two cents. Okay. So, Zach, what was your context in terms of grading these players? What did you place the most emphasis on? And how did you establish this list that you came up with? So I kind of did the same thing you did uh, mostly. I obviously went by statistics, even though how we talked about in the baseball episode, it is very hard to compare to eras of the past. I went with hardware. I went with winning. But most importantly, I think I mostly went with impact on the game and their mystique, so to say. I think that some of these players that live these larger than athlete lives, man, they had an impact on the game. And I think a lot of my guys in my list uh, had a really big impact on the game and either dominated or helped dominate the game at that time. Okay, so we uh, got into that. So tell me about this sweater you got on. There's not going to be any bias (laughs) here, is there? There is going to be a heinous amount of bias towards this guy who I will reveal at a later time when we go through this list, but he's my favorite player. I am biased towards him, but his legacy and the hardware that he's accumulated is pretty hard to argue against him. And he's definitely an all-time great. I also want to say it's not going to be a CMS sports history episode without me using some saber metrics. So get ready for that. (laughs) That's right. And while we will name Dalton's sweater later, my sweater is not a centerman he's actually a left winger in today's league lives in Sidney Crosby's nightmares Chris Kreider we're, we're rocking some Boston mass to New York Rangers so we have a fair rivalry going on you know you got some penguins love then you got some Rangers love we'll see if that actually alters how we rank the top 10 hockey centers of all time all right so Dalton when you have as many great centers in the league's history as we have, especially giving this all this knowledge that we have on the Google machine, you're bound to have some people that did not make the cut. Do you have any notables that you want to talk about today? Yeah, my number one most notable center that I left off, and I really went back and forth with this one multiple times because it really honestly hurt me to leave him off. Blackhawk fans are probably going to roast me for not putting him on the list. But my number one most noteworthy center that didn't crack my list is Stan Mikita, widely regarded as the greatest Chicago Blackhawk player of all time, rightfully so. He played 1,396 games. He had 541 goals, 926 assists, 1,467 points, and a 1.05 points per game average to go with a career 329 plus or minus. For his hardware, he won two Hart trophies, one Stanley Cup, two Lady Bings, four Art Ross trophies, and eight All-Stars. If I look at his hardware, it's hard for me to justify not putting him on the list. He was clearly one of the most dominant players of his era, but as I crunched the numbers and just went into his statistics, the best career finish he has is 15th 
with 1,467 points. And other than that, there's a lot of players on my list that I felt like were a little bit more deserving. But I did go back and forth on this because Stan Makita is a hell of a centerman, and he's still widely regarded as the greatest Chicago Blackhawk of all time. Him and the Golden Jet Bobby Hull sure made a hell of a team back in the early to mid-60s, man. I, I can't argue with that at all. Zach, who was your first noteworthy player that you left off? My first notable, um, obviously, Stan Makita is very good, but uh, my first that I left off was Pat Lafontaine the uh, great American center there. Pat had 1,013 points, 468 goals, 545 assists. Uh, he played with the Islanders, the Sabres, and the Rangers from 84 to 98. He averaged 1.17 points a game, which was pretty solid in any era. Uh, never won a cup. His career was cut a little short. He had some concussion issues, but he's widely regarded as one of the greatest American players of all time. So I had to give him a little shout out. Uh, didn't quite make my top 10, but a hell of a hockey player. Also has one of the best names in hockey history. He's he's well-deserving and that's a great, noteworthy player. La Fontaine. What you got for number two, your second notable? So my second notable, none other than Ron Francis, a guy that often gets overlooked because he obviously played with Lemieux. But when you look at his numbers that he put up, 1,731 games played, 549 goals, 1,249 assists, 1,798 points. His plus or minus was pretty bad at minus 18 and he averaged 1.04 points per game. One of the greatest things about Ron Francis, though, however, was his defensive ability. He was one of the best two-way centers of all time, and the Penguins really would not have won a Stanley Cup without him. It's kind of a shame that he gets overlooked and not enough people talk about him. For hardware, he won three Lady Bings, one Selkie, and one Clancy, slash what we now know as the Marc Messier Award. And obviously, he won two Stanley Cups with Lemieux. When I look at his numbers with a little bit of historic perspective, he's fourth in games played, second all-time in assists, and then he's fifth in points. So it's hard to argue not having him on the top 10. He was another guy that I went back and forth on. Like I said, one of the most overlooked centers in hockey history. No doubt. No doubt. Made a pretty good little GM, too, with the Hurricanes there for a little while. So they did. Hard to argue with Ron Francis. I hate to piggyback off of you, but he was actually one of my notables, too. He was Great minds think alike. He was a phenomenal player. Like you said, he won two cups with the Penguins, won the Selkie in 95. Obviously, didn't hurt that he was passing that puck to Super Mario, but uh, now Ron Francis was a hell of a player. Who's your third notable? So my third is Peter Statsny. He had 977 games played, 450 goals, 789 assists, 1,239 points, plus or minus at minus 15. But his points per game was outstanding with 1.27. The only award that he won was the Calder Trophy. He's still probably the greatest Czech player of all time. And while I don't think that he had the longevity and sustained success that some of the other guys on my list had, I did feel like he was a very noteworthy center and deserved some sort of recognition. should also be said that one of the nice father-son duos in NHL history with Paul there. So pretty cool little deal. I, I like it. Hard to argue. Great center. My third notable sounds like he might be somewhere on your top 10. I had to leave off the great Swedish Peter Forsberg. Forsberg was a hell of a player, actually drafted number six by the Flyers back in the day. Uh, you know, this guy, him and Joe Sackett combined for a great one-two punch for years on the Avalanche. He's eighth in points per game with 1.25. Finished his career with 885 points, 
636 assists and 249 goals in 708 games. Played with the Nordiques slash Avalanche, the Flyers, and the Predators. Helped the Avalanche win two cups in 96 and 2001. And um, from the period of 94 to 99, he actually led all centers with 444 points. I got nothing but mad respect for Forsberg. He just was not quite in my top 10, but a hell of a player. See, he was also in the noteworthy trade with Lindros and Forsberg with the Flyers. I am going to have to disagree with you here, Zach. I do have him on my list, and I think that you're downplaying his career just a little bit from my perspective, but we'll get into it. Yeah, get into it. We'll get into it. All right, Dalton, so let's get in here. Let's get down and dirty. So for my number 10 center of all time, I'm going with Bobby Clark of the Philadelphia Flyers. He had a 15 career from 1969 to 1984, all with Philly. Statistically, may not be the greatest, may not be the most eye-popping. He had um, 1,144 games played, 358 goals, 852 assists, and 1,210 points, but uh, had a nice, nice plus 507 for his career, fifth all-time, which is We'll get into this plus minus in a little bit. You know, this is a this is a really good stat. What this means uh, for those listening is every time you're on the ice, if you get a goal or one of your teammates scores, that means you're plus one. If you give up a goal, that means you're negative one. So this is a really good stat for not only how much you contribute offensively, but also how stout you are defensively and not helping give up goals. Uh, Bobby Clark averaged 76 games played a year, 24 goals, 57 assists, 81 points, and a plus 35. Four, won two cups with the Broad Street Bullies, four-time All-Star, three-time Hart winner, one-time Masterson, one-time Pearson, one-time Selkie. If you go back and watch these things, the Philadelphia Flyers in 74 and 75 through 76, they were just the bad, bad boys. They fought. They scored goals. They were responsible for cutting the NHL rule book from it was probably 100 pages to about 300 pages. So Bobby Clark was fantastic. He just... He was the Don, so to say, of that mafia. One thing I'll also give you is in 1975, 1976 was probably his peak year. He played 76 games, had 30 goals, 89 assists for a 119 points and was a plus 83, which is pretty darn good. So Bobby Clark's my number 10. What you got for number 10? So I want to touch a little bit on the plus minus thing that you brought up because I, as a biased Penguins fan, I've obviously tried to make this argument numerous times to some of my old college friends and guys that absolutely love Alexander Ovechkin. I always stated they would try to debate me that Ovechkin was a better player than Crosby. And the first thing I would bring up, look at plus minus. Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer of our generation, but he wasn't a 5 tool player like Sidney Crosby. Once I brought that argument up, they really didn't have much else to say. So That's true. That's true. So my number 10 NHL center, and we just talked about this a little bit ago, is Peter Forsberg. So he played his first year in Quebec, and then he played from with Colorado from 95 to 2004, and that's where he had the most success in his career. Now, the reason why he's on this list, Zach, is obviously he was an absolute force when he was on the ice, and he was regarded as one of the most physical, intimidating players on the ice. And a lot of that actually hurt his career because he, unlike other players in NHL history, didn't adapt his playing style. And that's really what caused him to get so many injuries. If you think about this, he sustained so many what most people would regard as career-ending injuries. 
and still managed to put up absolutely incredible numbers. So he had 708 games played, 249 goals, 636 assists, 885 points, and a plus or minus of 230, which just shows you how valuable he was on the ice. And he also had 1.25 points per game. So one Sabre metric that I like to look at, and it's kind of what I brought up with ERA plus in the baseball episode, is there is an adjusted points per game spreadsheet out there that kind of helps put some of these different eras and their scoring into perspective. Forsberg is fourth all time in adjusted points per game at 1.34. And do you know who he's behind? Gretzky, Lemieux, and Crosby. Pretty good company. So I would argue that even though his career was cut short, I think that the presence that he had on the ice, he was an absolutely dominant figure. And honestly, I went back and forth. I almost put him ahead of Joe Sackett because I really think that he is a better player, but I couldn't justify it just because he didn't have the longevity that Sackett did. A couple of the trophies that he won, two Stanley Cups, NHL All-Rookie Team winner, one Hart Trophy, one Calder, and one Art Ross. I can't imagine what would have happened if he would have reached 1,000 games and would have been healthy for his career. Or if he would have been a first-line center. He was always second-line, but he's Sackett, and I've got nothing against him. Forsberg. He was a phenomenal player. But that's to me, that's my only gripe is he could have been a lot better had he been a first line center. Because he would have got first line ice. I mean the right. ice time. But, but I think I the fact that he player. was I think the fact that he was hard headed and not adapting his playing style also hurt him. And it's sad to see, but at the same time I can respect it. I can respect a guy like that that's so willing to stick to his craft when not a lot of other people would do it. I will say this. Uh, we're talking about him being selfish. Him and Joe Sackick won two cups. I'm sure that they'll trade statistics and all this every day of the week for those two Lord Stanleys that they won. Right. So I'm interested to hear, Zach, who is your number nine NHL center? For number nine, I have uh, Marcel Dion. Marcel Dion was a uh, played 18 years in the league from 1972 to 1989. He played 12 seasons with the Kings, four with Detroit, and three with the Rangers. Marcel Dion was a was a small, smaller guy. Grew up in Quebec, playing against uh, Gilbert Perrault and Guy Lafleur, and uh, so he was playing against great players coming up. So always kind of prepared him for that next level. He had 1,348 games played, 731 goals, 1,040 assists, 1,771 points, and he was a plus 27 for his career. He also played on a lot of bad teams, too. So the plus or minus, I think, in his case, you can overlook it a little bit. For sure. So this averages him out to 75 games played a year, 41 goals, 58 assists, 99 points and a plus one and a half, which obviously is very insignificant. He was a four-time All-Star, won the Lady Bing twice, won the Pearson Award twice, won the Art Ross Trophy once. He's fifth all-time in goals and sixth in points. His peak season would have been like 79 to 80, scored 53 goals, 84 assists for 137 points, and it was a plus 34. Marcel Dion had six 50-goal seasons, which is (laughs) ridiculous. Like I said, little short guy, nobody ever really had a lot of faith in. But boy, when he went out to Los Angeles, man, he really came into his own. What you got for your number nine? So for my number nine, I have Mr. Canada himself, the greatest Montreal Canadian of all time, Jean Beliveau. I always butcher this guy's name. I'll try, but I'm a typical American. But anyway, Ted Lindsay himself referred to him as the greatest center of all time. 
said he was the greatest center he's ever seen, and rightfully so. I think if you look at the career that he had and the era that he played in, he played 1,125 games. He scored 507 goals. He had 712 assists and 1,219 points. And he was plus or minus 117 on his career with a 1.08 points per game. Obviously, he played all 20 years with the Montreal Canadiens. And the most ridiculous thing about him is that he won 10 Stanley Cups. No other player in NHL history has done that. He was also given the Order of Canada in 1998, which is the highest civilian award you can obtain in Canada. He was easily one of the most respected players in NHL. He's one of those all-time great guys that when you combine that with the amazing attitude that he had and just his likable, charming personality, you couldn't find a single person in hockey history that would have a bad thing to say about him. If I look at his numbers with historical context, He's 14th in adjusted points per game at 1.15. You notice that goes up from the 1.08 points per game he has because he played during an era where scoring was very hard to come by. It was one of the lowest scoring eras of all time, and he still managed to have many incredible years. But one thing that you do have to keep in mind, he was in the top 10 throughout his era for every single offensive statistic his entire career. It was ridiculous. The awards that he won, he won two hearts. 10 All-Stars, one Art Ross, one Conn Smythe, and he also won seven Stanley Cups as an executive. So I think he is a rightful nomination on this list. I struggled as to where to put him just because of the era that he played in from 1950 to 1970, but to me, he's the number nine center of all time. He was phenomenal. I got nothing against the man that just wins like he did. All I will say is, you know, he had a lot of help with uh, Maurice and Henri Richard and uh, Bernie Boom Boom Jeffrey on and uh, those guys backstopped by Jacques Plante. So they had some help, man. He did, but he he was also the leader of that team. For sure, for sure. He was one of the greatest leaders in NHL history also. Speaking of great leaders, uh, my number eight is Brian Trottier. This guy played 18 years in the the league from 1975 to 94. He played 15 years with the Islanders and three years with the Penguins. So not only do I hate him because he played for the Islanders, I also despise him because he played for the Penguins. So... Screw this guy. Nah, this guy was a man. 1,279 games played, 524 goals, 901 assists, which equates to 1,425 points. He was a plus 449 for his career, which is ninth all time, which is phenomenal. This would have averaged him out to 69 games played a year, 29 goals, 50 assists, and 79 points for a plus 25. For his hardware, he won six cups. He won four with the Islanders, too, with Pittsburgh. Four-time All-Star, he won the 76 Calder Trophy as the Rookie of the Year. Won one Clancy, one Hart, one Art Ross, and one Con Smythe. I mean, again, he this guy was the one of the founding pillars of the 1982-83 dynasty of the Islanders that won four straight cups. He also helped brought that experience to Pittsburgh in the early 90s to win a couple cups there. Um, his peak season would have been 78-79. He had 47 goals, 87 assists, and 134 points. We would have been a plus 76. So he was a winner, probably in modern standards past, you know, Jean Beliveau, probably six cups is about the most we're going to see on one of these lists. So, man, he was a hell of a player, even though he played for some teams that I despise. I got I got nothing but respect for Brian Trottier. Well, I am forever grateful for how he helped the Pittsburgh Penguins. My only knock against him is that he played in the 80s, which 
we know as one of the highest scoring eras of the NHL. And to me, I just don't think his statistics justify a spot on my list. But I can't argue with the hardware that he won and how ingratiated he is in Islanders history and is easily the greatest New York Islander of all time. I agree with you, no doubt. But the only thing I'll say to that is, yes, he put up a ton of points, but that plus-minus at uh, plus 449 for his career is pretty darn good, especially given the era that you said he played in with all the scoring galore. So, Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So my number eight guy, now Red Wings fans, don't kill me. He is on my list, but I probably have him ranked a lot lower than people typically would. I have Steve Iserman. So he played 22 years, all with Detroit. And besides Gordie Howe, might be the greatest Red Wing of all time. So he played in 1,514 games. He had 692 goals, 1,063 assists, 1,755 points, 184 plus or minus, and a 1.16 points per game. So he won three Stanley Cups, one Conn Smythe, one Selkie, one Bill Masterson Trophy, one Ted Lindsay Award, and one All-Star. One of the reasons that I have him ranked where I do is because he never won a Hart Trophy. But when I look at his historic numbers or his numbers with historical perspective, his 692 goals are 10th all-time, his 9th in career assists, 7th in career points, 16th in points per game, and he's 6th in goals created with 665.8. He's a very deserving center and you can certainly make the case for him to be higher but I think the guys that I have on my list to me statistically were better and the not winning the Hart Trophy really factored into into my ranking here. That's fair that's fair. I will touch on Stevie Y here in a few minutes but not quite yet. So for number seven I've got Joe Sackick and we touched a little bit on him just a few minutes ago when we were talking about uh, Peter Forsberg had a 20-year career, all with the Nordique slash Avalanche, played from 89 to 2009. His stat line, he had 1,378 games played, 625 goals, 1,016 assists, 1,641 points, and a plus 30 for his career. And this puts him averaging about 69 games played a year, 31 goals, 51 assists for 82 points, and a plus 1.5. He won the Cup twice. As we alluded to earlier, he was a three-time All-Star, won the Lady Bing once, won the Hart Trophy once, won the Pearson once, and the Conn Smythe once. He's ninth in NHL history in points, and he helped bring a cup back to Colorado with uh, Patrick Waugh and Peter Forsberg. His peak season would have been 95-96. He had 82 games played, 51 goals, 69 assists, and 120 points as a plus 14. And again, I can't speak to how much of an impact he had with with him and Peter Forsberg and Adam Foote and these guys, especially going up against some of these Red Wings teams that were on the verge of a dynasty and not only competing with them, but actually winning two cups. And man, you go back on YouTube and you see all these nasty scraps. It, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Joe Sackick was a hell of a player, a hell of a one-two punch. I put him above Peter Forsberg just because of his longevity. But uh, man. And I agree with you there. What a one-two punch. So the old saying goes, Zach, great minds think alike. I also have Joe Sackick as my number seven center of all time. You mentioned all of these stats that I would typically bring up. So a different perspective on it is when he was drafted, he wasn't regarded as a generational talent. And actually, a lot of people really didn't have any expectations for him. So I think the career that he had was outstanding due to what scouts at the time said about him. And his playoff numbers, he had 172 games played, 
84 goals, 104 assists with 188 points. He was a minus two, but he also had a 1.09 points per game, which if you look at all-time leaders for playoff points per game, that's really good. For sure. But he was he was an ultimate winner. He was easily the leader of that team. He played first-line center for a reason, and I completely agree with you here. You got to have at least one of them on the list, and both of them have a hell of an argument to be two, but... Uh, for my number six, kind of going back to what you said a minute ago, I've got Stevie Y. I've got Iserman. He uh, played from 83 to 06, 22 career, all with Detroit. Dalton went down his stat line, but I'll give you his averages. That would have put him out to averaging 69 games played a year, 31 goals, 49 assists, 80 points, and a plus eight. Again, Dalton went over all of his histories and his hardware. I put him over Sackick because, one, his career at his peak – I believe was better than Sackick. So 88, 89, Eiserman had um, 80 games played, 65 goals, 90 assists, which comes out to 155 points, which is 35 points more than Sackick ever had in a, in a season. Eiserman was plus 17 that year. He helped bring a cup back to Detroit when they were dead, man. I mean, after Gordy Howe retired, I mean, for 25 year stretch, the Red Wings were atrocious. Yeah, he helped bring prominence back to hockey town, and again, he he's like you said, he's seventh in in history in points and top ten in goals. Man, I'm he's two spots ahead of Sackick in points, so I'm just going to let it ride, and I'm going to take Eiserman. And he won another cup. May have been on a lot better team, but he still has another cup. What's interesting about those two is they're both actually incredible general managers as well. Who are still current GMs in the NHL just shows you how great their hockey knowledge is and. We might have them flip-flopped, but we agree overall in our assessment of where they should rank all time. Both phenomenal players, phenomenal centers, bedrocked uh, two dynasties, you could say, in their time periods, and they went against each other, which is equally cool. So my number six, I actually have them ranked a little bit higher than you did, Zach, and it is Marcel Dion. Now, some people would say this is pretty high for a guy that never won a Stanley Cup. But I do want to regurgitate the fact that the teams that he played for were abysmal. And I know he also gets overshadowed a lot because he had to play against guys like Gretzky and Lemieux. Zach's already brought up a lot of his stats, so I just want to quickly brush over how he did in the playoffs. So he played in only 49 games. He had 21 goals and 24 assists with 45 points. He had a minus 23 plus or minus, but... I'm not going to hold that against him too much just because the Red Wings when he there, as you had just talked about a little bit ago, were terrible. And then the Kings were not really that great either. So just the way his presence on ice, his consistency, where he ended up all time, being sixth in points, fifth in goals, 11th in assists, fifth in goals created, fifth in points per game, fifth in goals created per game. I put him this high because I feel like His stats speak for himself, and I know he gets overshadowed a lot, but I really feel like he deserves to to be here and be ranked high on this list. Marcel Dion was special, man. You get these some of these guys who are really small and told they don't have a chance and kind of puts a little chip on their shoulder, and they just fight, fight, and fight until they they succeed or die trying. So uh, my number five, I have Phil Esposito. Phil Esposito. Played 18 years in the show from 1963 to 81. Played nine years in Boston, six with the Rangers, and four with the Chicago Blackhawks. Esposito was a hell of a player. 1,282 games played, 
717 goals, 873 assists, succumbing to 1,590 points, and was a plus 252 for his career. This would have put him averaging 71 games played a year, 40 goals, 49 assists, and 89 points with a plus team. I mean, phenomenal. Won the Cup twice, was an eight-time All-Star, a two-time Hart Award winner, won the Pearson twice, and five Art Ross trophies. His peak season would have been in 70-71 uh, to 71 with 76 games played, 76 goals, 76 assists for 152 points and a plus 69. There's a joke in there somewhere. I just don't know where it is. He was the first player to score 100 points in a season, which he did in 68-69. And when he retired, he was the um, second all-time goal scorer and point scorer, and he was third in assists. He was phenomenal. Uh, member of the 1972 Canadian team that played the Russians for the first time as a uh, pros in international competition that beat the Russians in that Canada Cup series. He actually uh, had a pretty good way of growing up with his brother, Tony, being a Hall of Fame goaltender. So I'm sure they could practice on each other out in the way. But um, man, Phil Esposito was phenomenal. Let me give you a little tidbit on him. So uh, one year in the early 70s, he shot the puck 527 times. Alex Ovechkin has the most in the past 20 years. He shot it like 293 times two years ago. Esposito had 200 more shots than this guy. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. Esposito is also one of the most brash, outspoken players in NHL history. And some people hated him for that, but I really found him to be a fascinating character, especially if you go back and watch a lot of his interviews. And then him blasting Team Canada's fans was hilarious, so... He's an all-time great, and there's a reason why Boston retired his jersey number, and Ray Bork had to switch to number 77 because he wasn't Phil Esposito. Speaking of his brash sense of humor, um, they were playing in that Canada Cup, so they did four games in Canada, and then they went over to Moscow to play the last four games. It was actually an eight-game series, and in the opening ceremony in Game 5 in Moscow, he comes forward to get a flower from this girl that's giving him to all the players, and he falls. And he, all the people in the Russians are laughing at him. And he jumps up and sees Brushnev, um, Czar, or whatever you want to call him, from Russia, and gives him a kiss. And uh, he said, uh, Jesus, I could have been shot for that. But I thought that was pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, he was He was quite the character that even just kind of his boldness. People also don't realize, like, without him, the Tampa Bay Lightning would not be a franchise. And he also called up the first ever female goaltender and the NHL just because he wanted Florida fans to talk about his team. I mean, he was brilliant, and he was way ahead of his time, I think, than even a lot of executives that we see in sports. For sure, for sure. Brilliant. So my number five, Zach, and don't crucify me for this, because you might, and you might try to. I have Mark Messier. So he is an all-time great. He won six Stanley Cups. I'll get into his stats. 1,756 games played, 694 goals. 1,193 assists, 1,887 points, plus or minus 211, 1.07 points per game. You might disagree with me here, but believe me, when I put him at number five, it was very painful to do so because it was really hard to, to decipher where to put him. But when I give you my next picks, I'll kind of explain and justify it to you a little bit. But I can't knock Messier at all. He's the greatest leader in NHL history. Obviously, there's an award named after him for that. So if I look at his numbers with historical perspective, he's third in career points, third in assist, ninth in goal, second in games played. Pretty hard to argue against that. Accolades, he won six Stanley Cups, 
and he is widely known for bringing the Rangers back to prominence. He won two hearts, two Ted Lindsay's, one Conn Smythe, and five All-Stars. In the playoffs, he had 236 games played, 1,069 goals, 186 assists, 295 points, 51 plus or minus, and a 1.25 points per game. I won't speak on him too much more, but I will give you my reasons why I have him at number five. And trust me, it was hard because he is an all-time great and a legend of the game. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> my number four, I have uh, the kid. I've got Sidney Crosby in there. He's played from 2006 to present day, 15-year career, all of Pittsburgh. Uh, he's played 984 games, 462 goals, 801 assists, and that's 1,263 points, which brings him out to a nice total, but he's also a career plus 175. This averages him out to 66 games played a year, 31 goals, 53 assists for 84 points over uh, and a plus 12. Won three cups, an eight-time All-Star, two heart, three Pearson, two Richard, two Ross, two Conn Smythe trophies. His peak season would have been 06-07. He had 36 goals, 84 assists, 120 points, and a plus 10. So Sidney Crosby is the face. <laughs> Sidney Crosby. I'm wearing his jersey right now, so this is bringing a huge smile to my face. I really didn't think Zach would put him in the top five. So you know what? You know your hockey history. I am happy you came to this conclusion. Unlike so, Washington Capitol fans. So Crosby is the face of today's NHL. Um, although they're trying to transition it to Connor McDavid as Crosby gets a little older. But uh, Crosby is great, man. He's put up a lot of great points. He's the guy that everybody hates because he's so good. And I will tell you this, um, the only thing that I've ever seen be able to stop Sidney Crosby, and he has said it himself, is that he hated playing against Ryan McDonough, whatever team Ryan McDonough's on. You don't. You might disagree with that. Tell me I'm wrong, but you can ask Crosby. Um, great player. I'll say this: my knock against Crosby, and it's not even a knock. He, he he's had some concussion issues, and he's had some durability issues, and and that's not his fault. He's been he's been uh, exposed to some cheap shots over the years. We could go on and on about how the enforcer needs to still be in hockey to prevent these things, but I digress. But I mean, Crosby's great. Did not put him above Messier for reasons I will get into in a few minutes but uh you know my one my other knock with Crosby is he's won cups but he's never won without Evgeny Malkin and Chris Kunitz and either Marc-Andre Fleury or I understand the Matt Murray he- a, lot, a lot of people say Marc-Andre Fleury is not even a great goaltender I've heard that argument a lot but I don't especially I, not a playoff goaltender I don't think he is but he was still a number one pick and a lot of people still herald him as one but uh i'm just saying crosby has done well for his career obviously a hall of famer and i'm sure he could give a shit what i say about him but at the same time my only knock for not putting him above mark messier was that he never won without a lot of help yeah and i think that's fair so overall with our players we really agree on a lot of the centers that are nominated on this list which is surprising me because there's obviously so many people that you can choose from. We have a few discrepancies overall, but it's just where we're ranking them is where we, we disagree. So my number four, and I told you I would justify this, Zach, because I put Messi at number five. I put Phil Esposito at number four. Now hear me out. His run with Boston, that four-year stretch, I think was the greatest 
of any NHL player that they ever put up. He absolutely dominated the game. He was a force to be reckoned with. And the hardware that he won during that time, how he dominated the ice, obviously getting his jersey retired by the Bruins. And then I think that his playoff stats are also better. So in the playoffs, we already went over his regular season statistics. In the playoffs, he had 71 games played, 46 goals, 56 assists, 102 points, 30 plus or minus, and a 1.43 points per game. That is absolutely ridiculous. Phenomenal. Absolutely ridiculous. So I went back and forth on this one, and even the accolades that they won, these guys had very similar careers in a lot of ways. Messier won more cups, but I think that when Phil Esposito was on and during that stretch with Boston, I think that that was one of the greatest runs by any NHL centers of all time, and that's why I have them here on my list. So there's my justification. Okay, so talent-wise, I would agree with you. I think Phil Esposito was a better talented player than Mark Messier. You're right. They both had similar careers in a lot of ways. They won a lot of cups. They also could have been said that they were second fiddle to debatably the greatest player of all time, whether you think it's number 99 or whether you think it's, oh, by the way, Phil Esposito played with Bobby Orr yeah, and Johnny that's true. Hall of Famers. Esposito, I'm just saying. But he won five Art Ross trophies. That's, that's another not, thing. He won five scoring titles. He did, but Bobby Orr had 100 points as a defenseman because he kept passing in the puck. I'm not disagreeing with you. All I'm saying is is that I put more into Mark Messier, more of his mystique than I do Phil Esposito's talent because obviously Phil Esposito was phenomenal. But uh, so taking that, moving into my number three, I've got Mess. I've got Mark Messier. Played for 25 years. His longevity was incredible. Played from 1979 to 2004. Played 12 years with Edmonton, 10 with New York, three with Vancouver, and two in the WH, the uh, WHA. 1,756 games played, 694 goals, 1,193 assists, 1,887 points, plus 201. He averaged 70 games played, 28 goals, 48 assists, and 76 points as a plus 8.4. Won six cups, five-time All-Star, blah, blah, blah. You said this earlier. But um, uh, his peak season would have been 89-90 with 79 games played, 45 goals, 84 assists, 129 points as a plus 19. May not sound that impressive, but I understand that. But uh, I will say this. Um, first of all, he's third in points behind Gretzky and Yanomi Yager all time in history. But also, on August 9th, 1988, the Oilers were supposed to be dead. They had traded Wayne Gretzky to the Kings. They were supposed to be dead. Mark Messier won the cup that year with the Oilers. Mark Messier in 1994 in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals against the New Jersey Devils guaranteed a win. Mark Messier delivered. Mark Messier also won the Rangers a cup that year. You said it earlier, their first one since 1940. Um, he's the only player to captain two different cup teams, which I thought was phenomenal. I mean, Messier, you're right. They did not give him the freaking leadership award for nothing. Phenomenal. Mark Messier, phenomenal longevity, statistics, winning, his aura, aura whatever. He's got it all. It's hard. You make a very convincing case, and it is very hard to argue against the guy because 
I personally am a huge fan of him. I will say that. Is he your favorite New York Ranger of all time? No. Okay. This curious. He's phenomenal. And obviously, he holds a special place in my heart for bringing us the first cup in 54 years and the, the most recent. But uh, no, he's, he's not my favorite Ranger of all time, but he's phenomenal. Well, let's give him a shout out for calling a shot, as you alluded to earlier. You know, maybe one day we could get him on the podcast. For sure. So, my number three center of all time. And I will admit, I am biased. I'll go ahead and put the preface out there now. But my number three center of all time is none other than Sid the Kid. Zach, you talked about him earlier. So I just want to kind of reiterate the accolades that he won. And this is where I think he distinguishes himself from a lot of different players. He won two Olympic gold medals. The golden goal, everybody knows about it. When the lights come on, Sidney Crosby performs. He is the one of the best big game centers, big game hockey players I've ever seen. And of all time, you can't argue. You can't. You can't argue against this hardware. Three Stanley Cups, two Hearts, one Messier Award, three Ted Lindsay Awards, two Maurice Richard trophies, two Art Rosses, two Conn Smythe, eight All Stars, and he is third all time in adjusted points per game with one point five zero. You know who that's behind? The next guys on this list, who everyone knows, Lemieux and Gretzky. He plays in an era where scoring was down. I know it's starting to go the other way, but overall, if you look at his numbers and you take the historical context, he's third all-time in adjusted points per game. I place a lot of emphasis on that. I'm a sabermetrics guy. And the way that he dominates the ice, the presence that he carries, he's the greatest player of our generation. And his career's not done. He's still only 33. Who knows what could happen? He could win some more Stanley Cups. And if he continue to climb up, all of these lists very easily. I'm not going to count them out. And even currently, his 1.28 points per game, sixth best all time. Pretty ridiculous if you ask me. 12th all time in goals created per game and sixth all time in assists per game. That's the other thing about Crosby. When he wants to score goals and if he decides, okay, I'm going to be a goal scorer, he's had a 50-goal scoring season. But rather than electing to take a shot all the time, he sets up players. And I would argue that you could look at guys like Brian Rust, Perfect example. They go to other teams, not on Crosby's line. They do not perform the same. He elevates everybody on the Pittsburgh Penguins roster. You mentioned that he plays with great players. I would make the argument that he has made a lot of those players who they are, and without him, they wouldn't have the numbers that they have. I understand that, but at the same time, his line mate for a lot of years was Chris Kunitz, and people can bark on Chris Kunitz all they want, but uh, he was Canada's first-line center. For a little while. So how much better were his numbers with the Penguins though compared to when he played with anyone else? I got nothing. Touche. But still, he was a first line center for King Canada. Yeah, he's good. I love Kunitz. He's one of the most clutch underrated players of all time. Uh, <laughs> okay. Moving on. No, Crosby's a great player. You heard it here first, but that doesn't mean I have to like him. He's a whiner. He whines a lot. He does. He whines he's like a lot. He's, he's the Tom Brady of the NHL. Moving into our tops two. So let's preface this by saying that while number two did a lot of great things, there is only one correct number one answer here. What if I go the other way, Zach? You don't know. Well, then it is incorrect. You don't know who is on my list. It is incorrect. So number two, I am going with Le Magnifique. 
as they called him in Quebec, or Super Mario, as we called him here in the States. Mario Lemieux played 17 years, all with Pittsburgh. 915 games played, 690 goals, 1,033 assists, 1,723 points, and was a plus 114 for his career. Averaged 54 games played a year, 41 goals, 61 assists, and 101 points, and a plus 7. Won two cups, was a nine-time All-Star, three hearts, four Pearson, six Ross, two Smythe. Jesus, I just about couldn't get that out. He won so much medal. He's second all-time in points per game, only behind my number one on this list with 1.88 points a game. He's 11th in goals, 12th in assists, eights in points despite playing only 915 games because um, he had uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma and back troubles. He holds records for most shorthanded goals in a season. He's the only player to score 30 power play goals multiple times. Most power play points in a season. His peak season would have been 1988-89. He had 85 games played, 85 goals, 114 assists, 199 points as a plus 41. He was phenomenal. Super Mario. He uh, idolized Demon Blanc, or Guy Lafleur, as we would call him in the States. Uh, Montreal, great goal scorer. Was the best in the world, and Mario Lemieux was quoted in saying, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be the best in the world, and I, I did my best to achieve that goal. Look, man, Lemieux, if he would have had the longevity as Messier, he would have been right there in darn near every category behind Gretzky as number two all-time and everything. Also had some terrible hair, but, I mean, I'll cut him some slack. Uh, he say that He's the sole reason this Pittsburgh Penguins still exist. So Super Mario was was hell, man. He was He was phenomenal. And uh, we'll see if you agree. Yeah, so I will place my bias aside here because I do legitimately believe that you can make the argument that Lemieux is the greatest player of all time. A couple reasons for that, but I have to respect the great one here, and I do have Mario Lemieux as number two on the list. (laughs) So I did it. I thought about it. I thought about going number one, but... You can't argue against the great one. I'll say that. Lemieux definitely saved the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were basically bankrupt before he came in. As a Penguins fan, I will forever be indebted to him. And then even just the way that he mentored Crosby when he came into the league, I thought was amazing. And obviously now he is part of the ownership group of the Penguins, and he's been so dedicated to the city of Pittsburgh. He's just an amazing player overall. It's really sad to see that you know he had to battle Hodgkin's lymphoma and that his career was cut short because it always is a what-if with Mario. We really don't know. We don't know where he would stack up all time, but I think you just have to appreciate what he did for hockey, what he did for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and just admire how talented he was. Because talent-wise, I think he's the most talented hockey player we've ever seen. Mentally, though, that's where Gretzky has the edge overall. So his 1.88 points per game are obviously second all time. You already mentioned all the awards that he won, so I won't regurgitate those to you. But I also do want to mention that he is number one all time in adjusted points per game, depending on how you value Saber metrics, talent wise, and if you look at points per game wise, adjusted points per game, he is the all time leader ahead of Wayne Gretzky. But obviously, you know, with his career cut short the way that it is. And because he didn't have the longevity, it's hard to argue that he was better than Gretzky. 
it still makes me sad every time. Also, he battled so many injuries throughout his career, and he was still able to put up incredible numbers no matter what when he was on the ice. He was also a force in the playoffs, 107 games played, 76 goals, 96 assists, 172 points, 20 plus or minus, and a 1.607 points per game. So he was also clutch, and he helped lead the Penguins to back-to-back Stanley Cup championships in 92 and 93. So Mario Lemieux. Let me just say this. Uh, in the 1987 Canada Cup was an international competition, and I just want to speak here and tell you the starting lineup for Team Canada that year. Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Ray Bork, and Paul Coffey. <laughs> what you got? Ridiculous. What you got? My God. And Gretzky, I mean, that was, that was, the, that was line number one. And could you imagine having Wayne Gretzky? I mean, Wayne Gretzky passed it. The famous goal pass against Mario Lemieux and, and him scoring. I mean, my goodness. Could you imagine one? if they would have played on the same team, Gretzky and Lemieux? It would have been unfair. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. But that would have been Nintendo stuff. I mean, come on. Let's be real. They had never let that happen. All right. So, number one all time, I've got the great one. Wayne Gretzky played from 79 to 99, had a 20-year career, played nine years in Edmonton, eight with the Los Angeles Kings, three with the New York Rangers, one with the Blues, and he played two years in the WHA. The great one. 1,487 games played. He had 894 goals, 1,963 assists, equaling out to 2,857 points and a plus 520. Uh, This averages him out to 45 goals a year, 98 assists, 143 points, and a plus 26 over his career. Four-time cup winner. Excuse me, I'm going to have to take a breath. 15-time All-Star, five-time Lady Bing, nine-time Hart, five-time Pearson, 10-time Art Ross, two-time Con Smythe. The guy holds 61 NHL records, 40 regular season, 15 playoffs, six All-Star. Goals, points, assists, Whatever, he's the record holder. 200 points. He did it four times in a season. 200 plus points. No one else has any. Mario Lemieux hit 199. Gretzky has four over 200. He was a plus 100 in 1984-85, which was the third best season ever. Bobby Orr had 124 in the early 70s. The league retired his number 99 jersey as soon as he retired. Nobody can ever wear it again. His peak season, I couldn't even pick one. I mean, from 1981 to 1986, he averaged 79 goals and 132 assists over five seasons. That is phenomenal. So the reason I picked Gretzky, and you're right. You're 100% right. Speed, stamina, strength, shot power, skating. Mario Lemieux is better than Gretzky in every facet, except one, except right here. I mean, it, it was phenomenal. He had he, he had below average strength and power, average speed, whatever, all this great stuff. But what was incredible besides his on-ice vision was his endurance and his ability to rebolster his endurance. Uh, they were actually doing some tests during the mid-'80s, the Edmonton trainers were, and uh, they had all these fancy machines and stuff, and they were trying to figure out how fast players recuperated their energy. And Gretzky's scores were so high off the charts that uh, they actually thought the machines were broken. He recuperated his energy so fast. And the one thing i got to say is uh, is his dad, Wally, Gretzky owed a lot of success to him and Gordy Howe. But the old funny story is uh, Wally Gretzky built an ice rink in his backyard so he could watch his kids play from the warmth of his kitchen. He's called it self-preservation and and uh, Wally Gretzky was a hockey genius man, and he just helped to rub that off on his kids. And the one thing he would always preach was, don't go to where the puck is. 
go to where it's going to be. That struck a chord with me. To me, that just tells me the level that Gretzky was on thinking of. He's like, I don't care where the puck is now. I'm going where it's going to be. So Gretzky's my number one. Case closed. Absolutely. I have to agree with you here. You can't argue against the great one. His 2,857 points is considered to be an unbreakable record. But I will say, Oveshkin does have a chance of maybe passing Gretzky on the all-time goal list. That would be interesting to watch. But you're right. Gretzky had ice in his veins in the playoffs. He played 208 games. He had 122 goals, 260 assists, 382 points, 91 plus or minus, and a 1.83 points per game. Easily the reason why he won four Stanley Cups. He also resurrected a franchise when he went to the Kings. The Kings were terrible, and they get Gretzky, and now they become a competitive NHL team again. So hockey intelligence-wise, we've never seen anyone else like Gretzky, and there will never be anyone else like Gretzky. That's the reason he's the great one. And if you know anything about hockey, you have to put him number one, best hockey player of all time. Not even just best center of all time, best hockey player of all time. When you think of the NHL, when you think of hockey, you think of Wayne Gretzky. One thing I left out, and and building upon your point here, he scored 894 goals in his career, which is most all-time. You could take those away, and he could never score an NHL goal, and he would still lead. To me, that is just phenomenal. You're right. I think he is the greatest of all time. There are quite a few people of the older generation that would would argue that uh, hockey is deemed by the presence you have on the ice and how much you can control it. And while Gretzky controlled it, Better than anyone just about. You could make the argument that Bobby Orr controlled the ice more. But, you know, who's to say? He's top of my list, top of your list. To me, as much as I love Lemieux and think he was amazing and Messier and all these guys, man, to me, there's only one. So you hate Crosby, but you love Lemieux. I will like Crosby a lot more when he retires. That's fair. I do want to say Lemieux's 1.88 points per game. Is impressive. It's only over four percent off of Gretzky, who's at one point nine two. So, and those statistics they're close, but he doesn't have the longevity to really decipher where he would have ended up. But the, here's my thing. You're right. Absolutely, he's close in that aspect. But if and Le- adjusted adjusted points per game, he's actually above Gretzky, depending on whether or not you trust that stuff. Okay. Well, as crazy as a seventeen year career saying it's a small sample size is. It is compared to a 20-year career. Gretzky did this over a 20-year career, which means he would have had to keep his averages up higher. Who knows? Lemieux plays maybe would have been statistically as strong as he would have been for all those other years. But it's harder to keep that above water for 20 years than it is for peaks and valleys for 17 years. So It's pretty hard to get back on the ice after Hodgkin's lymphoma also and still put up great numbers. It's a... It's a great debate that people can have, but at the end of the day, you just have to tip your cap to Gretzky, even as a Penguins fan, and give him the respect and recognition he deserves as hockey's all-time great. That's it. Wayne Gretzky, greatest center of all time. Case closed. We agree. And overall, so what do you think? Our list were, we had a lot of the same players. There was a couple that I left off or that we differed on, but overall, we were pretty close in our assessment. We had our rankings a little bit different, and I think it's just the way that we evaluated these guys and the way that – and that's just how our criteria ended up. So 
For sure. Hockey is a little bit different than big game pitchers, as we were talking about last time in postseason pitchers. I mean, a pitcher can control the entire game. I think that hockey is so spread out. I mean, you could make the case for a goaltender getting hot at the right time, a la Jonathan Quick in 2012 or 2014. Um, but at the, but I, I think it's hard to say that a center could literally get hot and go out and just win a cup by himself. I, I don't know if you could do that. Yeah. I feel like it was a great episode. You know, we're going to keep doing some more CMS sports history. As always, if you enjoy our show and you want to see it grow and you want to see more segments like this, you can support our show at patreon.com slash calling my shots. And our Twitter page is at call our shots. Tweet at us. Let us know if you agree with our list or who we left off. I know Blackhawk fans are probably mad at me for leaving uh, Stan Makita off, but let us know and let us know what your list is. That's right. Leave us a like, leave us a comment. Tell us what you think. Who do we leave off? Who should we have put higher? Who should we have put lower? I mean, just because uh, Dalton's got Sidney Crosby on his doesn't make it right. Tell him he's wrong. Come on, give some shout outs. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, this has been awesome. This has been Calling My Shots. Shots.